0: Coming up in this podcast, market overview in these dramatic times, government and industry policy responses, travel challenges, earnings guidances, businesses taking on staff, Asiona and CBP contractors going head to head, Cottesloe Aged Care and Apartment Project and our special report on the ICT sector. Mark My Words is brought to you by Market Creations. Welcome to our weekly podcast and welcome Mark Buyer. Well, first up, Mark, it's uh, been as ugly as you and I would ever remember it out there in the markets. Um, uh, we're ref- this is reflective, I guess, of the uh, dramatic spread of the virus, which we can see uh, in the daily updated statistics that we actually put on our website, on our COVID-19 uh, topic on site, so people can go and see those graphics. Uh, and, well, I've got some of them here. Uh, this, at the moment, we're talking about in Australia 649 active cases, uh, 681 confirmed cases, and I think the big news overnight in Western Australia, so this is uh, Friday, was that there were 17 new cases announced late on Thursday. So. Um, we are slightly catching up with the rest of the nation, uh, the bigger states.
1: Including uh, first evidence or confirmation of community transmission.
0: Correct, yeah. So not just people who've come in from other other locations, yeah. Well, Mark, tell us what's going on in those markets.
1: Well, we're getting daily updates on those numbers, um, whereas other markets, I mean, it's, it's a- it's an hourly, um, if not by minute, because things are changing so rapidly. Uh, the ASX 200, um, as of Friday afternoon, was at about 4,890 points. Um, now, from the peak of the market, that's down about 32%. What's interesting, though, is it was a, it was a highly volatile week. So Monday, for instance, uh, the ASX market fell by nearly 10%. Um, the biggest fall since the 87 crash. But if we cast our mind back just a week, remember Friday the market crashed and it hit a low of about 4,900 points, yep. which is around about where we are now. Yeah, right. Um, then it bounced up again. We had it? that spectacular you know, 12% gain last Friday. You know, It fell 8%, finished 4.5 points up. percent up. So ever since then it's really been bouncing around in an extraordinarily volatile manner. Um, As I say, the big picture though, off 32% from the market high earlier this year. Um, Other markets, look, the Aussie dollar, that's been a really tough one. Uh, Down around 55 cents, that was the low point uh, for the week on uh, Thursday. Uh, Down from, you know, around 70 cents at the start of the year. Yeah. So that's been a, a very dramatic uh, fall and about 62 and 5 cents just a week ago. So uh, Aussie dollar um, suffering as people still go for the US as the safe haven, which is quite extraordinary in a way, given where the US is at. But nonetheless, that's the way the market's reacting. Uh, the oil price um, crashed even lower, about $25 US for West Texas crude. Um, you know, $30 US per barrel had been seen as sort of a, you know, anything below that was extraordinary. Uh, but we're, not, we're below that now, you know, half where it was at the start of the year. Uh, gold has also suffered um, around 1469 US dollars an ounce, um, down very substantially from earlier this month. The one that's holding up the iron ore price continues to be around US $90 a tonne. Um, and of course, there was a report out from the federal government during the week saying that iron ore exports are all set to be uh, record levels this year. So that's the uh, one of the few shining lights in the current market situation.
0: So Mark, uh, what have been the policy responses from both government and industry?
1: Uh, well, look, there's been a, once again, an extraordinary week. Uh, The state and federal governments have been announcing a whole range of measures. Um, Interestingly, it started off early in the week with the federal government coming out with what they called a stimulus package. Later in the week, it had become a rescue package. Uh, Thursday's announcement from the federal government and the RBA, um, they're pumping north of a hundred billion dollars into the financial system. Uh, You know, just amazing numbers. Uh, The RBA cut the official interest rate by 0.25% down to a new level of 0.25%, which they believe is about as low as they can go. And they've also initiated what they're calling quantitative easing. So effectively pumping money into the financial system by buying government bonds, uh, along with a range of measures to support the banking industry. Uh, the banks, in turn, have played their part, came out on Friday with a range of announcements about uh, cutting interest rates for borrowers and throwing out the possibility of both small business and some personal borrowers being able to have a repayment holiday. Uh, now, we've yet to see all the details on that, but given the amount of money government is putting into the banking system, we'll have to assume that the banks are going to be pretty uh, accommodating particularly for small business borrowers. Um, And at the WA government level, um, they brought forward some payroll tax concessions, they put a freeze on um, household charges, um, and they also introduced a scheme with some grants for small business. Uh, So look, there's a lot lot of stuff out there. Um, It's happened so quickly, I'm still, you know, it's a challenge to keep your head around it all. Um, and there's a task for us to be able to package up all that information so people know what's going on
0: yeah and so it is interesting isn't it that that first uh, response as you say was a stimulus with you know like uh, you could have instant asset write downs and there was money going out into you know the community to spend um, but the truth is that companies aren't looking at what assets they can buy quickly to get their business, you know, going. They're looking at cutting costs quick, as quick as they can. And putting money in the hands of people to spend it is not useful if they're not going to go out, if they're locked in their homes. So I think that the change of tack is apt. I think the British actually led that from what, I, what I've watched uh, globally. Um, and I will say that looking at the numbers in terms of population, we're about half the response of what the British have done. So, you know, so we really should be doing a $200 billion package to match their £330 billion package from recollection, if you looked at them being three times the population. Mm -hmm. Um, But nevertheless, they were the ones that led that, and it was very much about pushing money into the system and making sure that banks were able to, you know, effectively fund business through this difficult period. And I reckon that's what it's all about right now. It's, you know, how can you know if people if there's 20,000 staff laid off at Qantas how can they just be given enough money to make sure they survive so when when the airline flies again they just get their jobs back that's that's really what we're after here isn't it and oh, that they, very much so. they can yep. survive and they can afford to be at home and it, it's not you know they don't feel resentment or upset or go and do something stupid and and that's you know pretty critical
1: and when we talk about the economic disruption out of this, I mean a lot of that flows out of the restrictions that the government has been putting in place, and that was also something that ramped up during the week. Uh, so initially there were the restrictions on outdoor uh, gatherings um, of five hundred plus people. Later in the week, there were restrictions put on indoor gatherings, where a cap there has been suggested of a hundred people. Yep. Um, and on Friday, the Prime Minister came out with some further detail around that. Around the amount of space that is requ- that he believes should be required for any sort of indoor gathering. Yeah. Um, which and the upshot is, it, it's very difficult to see, you know, almost any sort of indoor gathering, any sort of business. Um, it's really hard to see how they're going to be able to continue trading. As many were trying very hard during the week, uh, putting out updates to all their customers about. The, the distancing arrangements, you know, reorganising tables and, hmm. uh, and extra cleaning and so on, I suspect that is not going to be enough in future.
0: No, no, and in fact I was just at the pharmacy uh, today and, uh, you know, they've got a red tape around the counter and you don't go any closer than the red tape. Um, now look, there's also been some state response stuff. I know t- uh, Tasmania has actually shut its borders, effectively, saying anyone who comes into the state has to go through a Uh, 14 days of isolation yeah Uh, and
1: and we haven't mentioned that but yes similar to what's happened at a a national level in Australia
0: any any any, I mean I know it's been talked about here and I know the the AMA I think is prompting that or at least some some parts of the the medical community are prompting that have we heard anything further at this stage
1: well I've got to say the Australian Medical Association has taken a very uh, strong line on all of this they've been very critical consistently of governments for not going hard enough on this one. So that reflects, um, I think, the, the debate that's out there still in the community. Mm. Um, you know, a lot of people suggest that governments aren't going hard enough, um, but that's you know, they, they've got the expert medical advice that uh, uh, they're calling upon uh, when they're making their decisions. Yeah. Uh, there was suggestions at one point about restrictions being put on interstate travel. Uh, Mark McGowan came out very strongly against that. One of the considerations there is that uh, the resource sector has a lot of FIFO workers who come from other states. uh, So that would create a particular problem for that sector.
0: Yeah, okay, that is a point made and we don't wanna, that is one sector that's working pretty well at the moment. Um, So Mark, well, let's flip to that. Airlines, they've been hit pretty hard. I mean, we've seen all international flights Effectively, uh, Qantas laying off large amount of sta- staff. What are the challenges in travel?
1: Uh, well look, the restrictions on international travel um, and domestic travel have become more and more onerous. Uh, the latest and, and most dramatic move was when the Australian government effectively prohibited non-residents from coming into the country. Uh, Qantas has gradually been retiring more and more of their fleet um, and then during the last week has effectively cancelled um, almost all international services um, and dramatically cut back their domestic services. Uh, Virgin has made similar moves, the regional airlines also. Um, And then the big one was Qantas saying that out of their 30,000 staff uh, they were cutting Mm. 20,000. So that's a uh, extremely dramatic move that has you know very significant impacts Um, and of course scrapping their dividends and cutting executive salaries and a whole range of other things that they've been doing but that just tells you just how profound the impact is on the travel sector and then of course other businesses in the same space you know flight center is a prime example Uh, they'd already announced plans to cut 100 of their stores um, but they're just accelerating um, the restructuring of their business, and any other company in the same space is being forced to do the same.
0: Yeah, it's very dramatic, isn't it? Uh, what about in, internally in Western Australia with the, the airline business?
1: Uh, there's been some cutbacks on regional services. Um, you know, I think most towns still have a service coming into them, uh, but certainly less frequency there. Yeah. So yes, and I'd it's, say it's across the board. So it's it's the certainly business travel has pretty much ground to a halt, and uh, and leisure travel. You mm. know, we talked a lot about domestic tourism as being a potential winner out of all this disruption, uh, but even there, the forward bookings and the cancellations suggest that people are just not travelling at all.
0: Well, we saw a bit of a mixed message actually a couple of days ago, where I think it was Roger Cook said people should not be travelling into regional WA they shouldn't be taking long drives but he then backtracked pretty soon afterwards and said oh no that was okay so I'm not sure I, my personal view with that is you're not flying so you're not sharing an aircraft with a whole lot of people um, but I guess there's still a danger that you're if you were a carrier you'd be touching you know service station equipment and and obviously go to some town at the end of your trip and uh, you know potentially share the virus so um, I guess you know we'll all have to weigh those things up. Having said that, if you're looking to go social distancing, <laughs> getting as many people out of Perth and and into some remoter areas seems like quite a sensible thing to some degree. So not quite sure uh, what the uh, what the best answer is there at the moment. I guess well, we'll hear
1: more. Certainly, the evidence I've been hearing from operators in in regional tourism is that they have had a lot of cancellations. And the forward bookings have fallen right away. Right. So they're doing less business, uh, particularly the Easter break and the school holidays are coming up. That'll be the real test. But the indicators I'm hearing is that there'll be a lot less activity happening.
0: Got it. Thanks, Mark. And now for a word from our sponsor. Are you trying to grow your business? Does managing your brand, website and digital marketing needs sound overwhelming? Market Creations is a full-service marketing agency with over 20 years' experience. Market Creations can help make a difference. Uh, Mark, the virus has led to a spate of what I'd call Clayton's earnings guidances. Right, they're effectively uh, companies are saying they don't know what the impact is. Uh, what, What have you got?
1: Yeah, look, dozens of listed companies have been coming out and saying to the market. If there's an existing earnings guidance out there, um, we're withdrawing it. We really don't know what the impact will be, and it's across you know all industries. Um, certainly, the big ones like travel, um, mm-hmm. but you know construction and contracting and you know, shopping centre owners and, and property investors, uh, right across the board. Uh, and then uh, another one that came out on Friday, which I thought was a really interesting case study, was West Farmers. they've got a a very diversified business and it was just really interesting to run through just how many aspects of their business are being affected here you know from that they've put in things like restricting travel and meetings uh, moving to more flexible working arrangements uh, like many businesses uh, more intensive cleaning of their workplaces um, and their retail businesses moving towards cashless transactions so less contact Uh, one point that's been a A big talking point was Bunnings cancelling their famous sausage sizzles, Uh Uh, but they tell us that they're actually compensating there by making donations to community groups that can no longer run the sausage sizzle. Uh, In terms of sales, uh, Bunnings and Officeworks have actually been doing quite well. Uh, People are buying more cleaning and hygiene products, they're buying equipment to set up their home office. Uh, they're getting more um, education supplies. So in that area, uh, they're doing okay. Uh, the other part as well is around their supply chain. And this is something that we've discussed a lot. Now, um, West farms are saying that more than 90% of their supplier factories are now operational and we're moving back towards full capacity. So that's encouraging. They're also saying that international freight operations are generally performing as usual. So it suggests the impact there will not be as dramatic as we feared it might be. On the downside, uh, other businesses like Target not doing well because sales of discretionary products have fallen away. So that's a big risk for them. Um, All those adjustments they've made have added to their operating costs. Um, They're also being hit by the low Aussie dollar, adds to the cost of um, things that they import into the country overall they're saying look they just not they're not able to provide an estimate of the overall impact Fair uh, enough, because there are so many moving parts here um, and all of that within one business you know winners and losers inside one organization
0: yeah no no absolutely gosh uh, you know quite a challenge um, and look we know from our own business um, you know we've done the working from home we've set ourselves up uh, we, uh, and we've had a few hiccups there. Um, you know, we don't have a great deal of supply line issues, so we're lucky in that front. But we're watching this space on all sorts of things, like we've got suppliers that do printing and posting and postal, I should say, or postage. I mean, those are, those are you know, all operational right now, but anything could happen. Um, now, Mark, uh, it's not all bad news. A number of companies are actually taking the opportunity to add staff in WA.
1: Yeah, look, we had some, um, a couple of positive announcements on Friday. Uh, BHP said that they're hiring 1,500 extra people on six-month contracts, uh, over and above their normal um, hiring and employment operations. Uh, they're saying that they've actually had to change the way they operate the business. Um, for instance, introducing a larger number of small teams uh, to maintain their operations. So they're doing this through their labour hire companies, as well as taking people on directly on BHP contracts. Uh, So that's pretty positive. Uh, It also followed an announcement that they were moving to seven-day payment terms for their small business suppliers. Um, That's anyone with revenue of less than $10 million. Now that's down from 30 days, Mm -hmm. which was the standard payment term previously. So that's a a pretty significant boost for uh, cash flow for small business suppliers. Uh, In terms of the impact in the mining industry, um, Alliance Airlines, they do a lot of the FIFO operations around the country. They're saying they've actually had increased business from their mining customers Mm. uh, because they're just sort of needing more traffic of getting people in and out of their mine sites. So now, unfortunately for Alliance, like every other airline, every other part of their business is suffering. But, you know, that was a notable uh, point to make. The other one, Telstra. They're saying they're hiring a 1,000 temporary contractors to move into their call centres to help yeah. them cope with it, Yeah, right. um, as well as putting a hold. They were in the middle of doing a whole bunch of uh, redundancies. They've actually put a hold on that and now hiring a 1,000 extra people, albeit temporary.
0: And presumably that's people working from home, you know, they've got all these, and companies are trying to, transition people so they're operating within you know systems that are completely you know outside the the existing business systems and you need tech people to solve all those problems
1: that's right yeah so there'll be some rapid um, upskilling of all the uh, new telstra contractors so they can help us i'm sure (laughs) and look, other things that they've done, Telstra has suspended uh, late payment fees and disconnections um, because I'm sure there'll be a lot of customers out there that'll be battling to pay their bills. Yep. Um, and they've also brought forward about $500 million of CapEx um, into the uh, next financial year uh, to basically try and improve their network. We'll talk a bit more about that later on. Um, and then, of course, uh, the two classics, um, the big supermarket operators, Coles and Woolies and others, taking on lots of casuals to try and stock those shelves. Yeah. So it's a few areas out there where there's um, some upside from this, but uh, not suggesting that it's offsetting all the downside.
0: No, fair enough. And uh, it's a battle to stock them, let me tell you. <laughs> um, now, unrelated to the virus, uh, thankfully we do have some news outside of the COVID-19 story. Uh, tenders for the Bunbury Ring Road have revealed a bit of a turf war.
1: Look, this is one of the big road projects coming up in Western Australia. This is a um, $850 million project. Um, So it's basically, as the name suggests, it's it's a road that will go around the uh, suburban areas near Bunbury. So it'll make it even easier for people um, heading down to Margaret River and other destinations down south. The government has shortlisted two consortia for this. Now, one of them is headed up by CPB Contractors. That was the old Leighton Contractors. Now, this is a company that dominates contracting in the infrastructure market, uh, not just in WA, but around the country. You know, yep. They're the big gorilla in the market. Uh, they've got lots of contracts with Main Roads, Public Transport Authority. They do a lot of work up in the Pilbara as well. Um, and they've had very little competition. John Holland used to be one of their big competitors, but of course they've become you know, enmeshed in issues around Perth Children's Hospital. So they've been pretty much inactive in the WA market. Mm. So the new player that's becoming um, a real challenger to them is a Spanish company, Acciona. Now, they've already got a substantial presence here. They're building, they're the lead contractor on the two uh, waste-to-energy projects being built down at Rockingham and Quinana. You know, they are very large projects. Sort of Each of them is worth about $600 million. Mm-hmm. Um, they've also got contracts with Main Roads and Rio. Uh, they were the other competitor. When the government was picking someone to build the Yanship rail line extension and the Thornley rail line, it was a similar story. It was down to two consortia, Axiona and CPB. Now, CPB won that one right. again, as they often do. But it's really, um, I think, you know, it's great for the market. To see um, a relatively new player really committed to building up their presence here yeah. and getting more competition in this space.
0: Yeah, good, good, good for everybody.
1: Um, and also, I should add, you know, both of their consortia have lots of other local businesses involved. So, Axiona is partnered with NRW and Maca, amongst others. Uh, CPB is partnered with Kerry Mining and Densford Civil. So, a lot to work down there for the subbies as well when these contracts are awarded.
0: Good one. Uh, And uh, Cottesloe is going to have a major new aged care and apartment complex to be built by Bilt.
1: That's right. So, Curtin Heritage Living, uh, that's a group that's uh, effectively owned by some of the local councils in the western suburbs. They already operate a couple of aged care facilities. Uh, They've got this very um, prominent site on Marine Parade uh, just Mm. south of Cottesloe Beach. Right, okay. uh, Which they're going to. I think we all remember which site that is. Uh, this is, there's a lovely old heritage building in the middle of it mm. and an existing aged care facility which will be demolished over time. Right. So they're going to spend about $130 million. Um, and there'll be two parts to it. There'll be um, an, an aged care, uh, a residential care facility with nearly 130 suites in it. But also there's going to be an apartment building, about 55 apartments. And it's this story that we hear from a lot of, a lot of developers that there are people with the big old family home um, on a large block of land that's much too big for the empty nesters. Yep. They want to stay in the same area. They want to move into a nice apartment. And there are very few options. So people like Paul Blackburn that we've spoken about in recent weeks, he spotted this opportunity. Um, and here's another group. So they during the week, as you mentioned, um, the construction company Built was uh, named as the contractor for this one. So good to see a couple of examples there of uh, life going on um, amidst all this uh, turmoil from COVID-19.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I guess, uh, you know, both those examples are not things that are necessarily happening right now in that sense. Uh, so, yeah, it's a bit more of the future. Looking ahead. Um, our special feature this week is on the ICT sector. Uh, what did Jordan Murray find? Um, what, what, How is the industry responding to COVID-19?
1: Well, this has turned out to be a very timely feature. It's one that we do each year. uh, But of course, it's got a bit of a twist to it this year because there are a lot of people out there rapidly adapting their businesses um, and their homes to suit the current circumstances. So Jordan's spoken to a lot of people in the sector, um, everyone from Rob Evans at Velrata to Mike McNulty at Deloitte um, and Matthew Larner at Quicksend. Um, they've all got a range of services for their customers, um, you know, large, from from small, you know, households and small businesses through to large businesses, about how they can set themselves up to operate effectively. Um, you know, the challenge that we're facing here is the same that everyone else out there. And then a big part of this is the capacity of uh, of our broadband um, internet network. Yeah. So a lot of concern around you know, whether it will be able to deal with lots of people working from home and putting a new kind of pressure on the network. Now, Telstra and NBN Co have all come out, and others have come out during the week, and they actually talked about more investment and more capacity to try and deal with it. One of the issues is that typically at home, people are downloading um, through the network things like movie streaming. Mm. Whereas if they're working from home, and doing things like video conferencing, uh, they're actually uploading. So actually it's it's a different kind of capacity that you need to be set up for uh, to deal with that. So if you want to learn more, there'll be a good rundown in our upcoming feature. Thanks, Mark. Uh, Check
0: out our new subscriber-only electronic edition of the Business News fortnightly Gloss publication. This digital replica allows you to read the paper on your desktop, tablet, or mobile go to businessnews.com.au slash current edition to read the latest edition. Thanks for listening, and here's a word from our sponsor. Market Creations is so much more than a full-service marketing agency. Market Creations has a full-service information, communications and technology team that can help grow your business and manage your essential IT requirements. From email, phone, data and cloud services, Market Creations can help make a difference.